Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are reviewing all of the first intra-clubs, no, not intra-clubs, the pre-season match simulations that have gone on this weekend. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And uh, I'm here with Luke. Luke, footy is back. It's back, mate. How good was it to just sit down, have a beer yesterday afternoon oh, yeah. and, and put some footy on? Hey, even if it was... Um a little bit spicy. Those those um, recordings look like it was done on an iPhone, I think, from a distance. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, still good to have footy back. Yeah, footy's back. Obviously, there's there's Twitter is ablaze at the moment with <laughs> stats of all sorts of kinds. You know, there's there's been some CBA trackers, some some people putting out their piece. You know, we we've put out a few little little nuggets as well. But uh, obviously, today we're going to be going deep dive into all of our thoughts of the teams that have played the preseason match simulations. We probably won't cover the guys that I know they had some intra clubs I think today or yesterday um, being the Bulldogs and the Giants we won't cover them um, in this podcast but we'll obviously cover them later on next week when they are playing a more televised uh, legitimate uh, practice match but yeah lots to get through today man I'm, I'm excited absolutely yeah it was uh, like you said Twitter was buzzing for the last <laughs> couple of days and um, it kind of it, it sucked a little bit that there were a few of the games played um, during work time I didn't get yeah. to catch as many live as I, as I would have liked, um, but we've kind of watched some back and just it's little good bits that and pieces. Obviously, yeah. you've got the, the replays you can throw back on KO and yeah, skip absolutely. through a few different things, even if you're just looking forward to the, the CBA, skip to the next yeah, one. Yeah. So Set shots on goals, skip. Yeah, no, don't need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> so go through, sort of similar to what we did with our watch list team, but just go through club by club and basically the the main things that stood out to us with a few maybe key points that I'll, um, you know, we'll stop and pause on and some yep. things that we've learned, some new players on our radars, some players maybe we're putting a line through potentially. So let's uh, start over in Adelaide. Start with Adelaide. And, I, think, uh, I think their fans are buying grand final tickets, didn't they? Yeah, they seem pretty up, up and huge. about. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think uh, in our preseason watch list, we probably didn't cover the guy that we maybe should have uh, and that being a Wayne Miller. Um Someone who obviously burnt us all last year when we picked him when he didn't play the preseason games. Yeah, he's obviously scars there. he's played the preseason game now, so there's a <laughs> check in the box. Um, yeah. Seems to definitely have a role off half back. What did you think of Miller and how he looked? I um for, again, I didn't watch all of the games. I'll say this off the top. Yeah. I didn't watch all the games all the way through. For the yeah. most part, I've probably watched for every game. I've watched bits of every game. I've watched the first half for the most part uh, because a lot of the time the experimentation comes in after that. So for me, I've just sort of watched the first half. Um, from what I saw from Miller, I thought he was okay. Yeah. Um, 
thought his, his, what are your role, thoughts? his role looked pretty solid and, and obviously the thing with Miller is he's so cheaply priced that there's probably a scenario where you can go there if his role looks solid. The, the thing that I saw a little bit of that I, I'm not super convinced on yet is that Dawson was a little bit back, but then he also crept up to the wing as well. I don't mm-hmm. know how that role plays out for Dawson, but if Dawson spends more time back, then I'm less keen on Miller because I think that if I'm getting the ball in anyone's hands, it's probably Dawson. Yep. Um, the other thing that kind of popped up in my head as well is this year we can uh, only select Miller as a forward off yes. the bat. And um, how does that how does that impact your structure when you've got a guy like Toby McLean, who a lot of people are hot on there in the forward line? We've got we've got value with some of those undervalued premiums. premiums. Then you've good got rookies. rookies there yeah. as well. So, so I just... I was playing around with my team before and I just couldn't find a way to fit him in there that I just felt really good about. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I somewhat agree. He's he's a guy that, like, if you just put him and McLean up against each other, you, you'd usually prefer the half-back type role as someone yeah. playing maybe like a half-forward wing, wing sort of type. But, um, you know, if I look back at his seasons in the past, his career high has been a 77 back in 2019. Yep. Um, priced at, what is he priced at? Like a 40, like 49, 50. Yeah. You'd almost need him to get to that like career high best to be a worthwhile pick, and whilst he could do it, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a guy that if I'm moving heaven and earth to fit in my side because, like you said, there are a lot of good options in there. Yeah, there are. Um, so it's a watch still for me, and I think when you have a career high of sort of seventy seven, and then you're coming into a team where Dawson is kind of more that guy. To wait, the way I looked at it, and we'll, we'll sort of group those two points together but Dawson to me looked like he was playing more halfback than wing yeah. little bit of wings we, we sort of said that we wanted to see him more of that halfback and to me he was doing that and yeah. they were using him a lot uh, in my in my eyes so I think that for me I'm a little bit not on the Miller train yet but I haven't ruled him off just yet because like, like we said he is cheap yeah. he is in a, a friendly role I guess classically but Again, when I combine that with his scoring pedigree in the past, I don't know if it's quite enough for me. Yeah, you, you're picking you're picking three of those undervalued premiums up for it at least. Yeah, and then at least you've got one spot for that McLean or um, or Miller in yep. my eyes, and then like you said, you've got some rookies that you can pick there. Some good in, rookies in there. and and Sheasel, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, uh, let's move on to the next Adelaide player that we were looking at, and um, for me, the the cyclist Pedler looked like he might have taken his bike and ridden home. I think at, <laughs> yeah, at points during the game. So the poor yeah. fella was probably a little bit of a victim of the role that he was playing. So I think he was playing like a deep forward kind of pressure crumbing role, and um, and us fantasy coaches know that that's not uh, where you want your players to be. So he, I mean, he is. Is so cheap. He's, I think he's yes, two ten, something he's like nearly two thirteen price. there. So, yeah. um, you know, if if you see that he's got good job security, he could be a rookie that you picked. But just in terms of you know how he went in that in that preseason game, we really didn't see. Much he's of not it. someone you want to have on your ground. I no, think we can rule that yes. out. Yeah, yep. we don't want him on our ground. He's yep. he's a bench option only. Um, and he might be a solid bench option, and we sometimes we need those guys. Like you know, last year there was a Corey Durden type, um, who uh, maybe a little bit less that defensive style, more of that like goal kicker. But he was by no means a, a guy that you know lit the world on fire with his scoring. He just kind of chipped along each week and uh, made us some decent cash that way. And Pedler, I see being potentially the same sort of type guy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there because I, I noted that, um, I, and I think correct me if I'm wrong. I think Rochelle played. A little bit of midfield time. A little bit of and then midfield time added, early, but then went forward later. They've added um, 
Rankin. Uh, yeah, Isaac Rankin as yeah. well. So they kind of all. They've got a few little small forwards. Yeah, in there, hey? so yeah. just be interesting to see with with uh, the cyclist what happens. The cyclist, yeah, we'll see, we'll, we'll see, on. but but definitely not a uh, a field fieldable rookie option in my opinion uh, at this stage. So let's uh, and of course Roy Laird was Rory Laird, so just without saying. He, he's healthy, didn't injure himself, so yeah. there's a tick if you were keen on him. So, uh, let's move on to the Brisbane Lions now. Um, a big tick for me, Dunkley had the, the highest CBAs in that team alongside Lockie Neal. I think they both yep. had about 67%. Yep. Uh, and again, I, I will just want to shout out Matt Forrest on Twitter, Matt Forrest 29. He's uh, he's been doing the good he's the, the good work the uh, at the moment. He's been recording all the CBAs. God's work uh, at the moment. <laughs> so uh, a lot of this data that I'm referencing, I'll reference what he put out there. Yeah. I think it's really reliable. The the at least from my eyes, they kind of back up what he was saying. Yeah, so good on you for giving him a shout out. Yeah. Though. So. Would have been your move to just claim those as well. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'll shout out Matt Forrest. Go give him a follow, and he's been doing some good work in the preseason. A little bit of a super coach theme, but we can obviously oh, use this we'll data as well. Yep. Um, but yeah, so tied highest CBAs with he and Neil. So big ticks for me there. Yep. Obviously, if you're getting the same amount as Lockie Neil, you're obviously probably right up there in terms of the priority for the yeah, Brisbane Lions. So definitely. big tick. Um, Will Ashcroft. Looked solid. Didn't do anything completely amazing from what I saw, but seemed to be 50-50 split between midfield. He was in the centre bounces, and I think he'll be sort of, you know, that third, fourth, fifth kind of option in there. So for a rookie, that's amazing. We know what we're getting with him. He could have laced him up yesterday, and we'd all be picking him, so it doesn't matter. The big positive, I think, for this team is also Darcy Wilmot moving over to the wing. We saw him line up on the wing. We were watching actually just earlier before, and um, I think that helps his job security and his... Uh, chances for a round one. There was yeah. a lot of talk about a lot of guys lining up in that half back roll with McKenna. Um, you know, a few other guys Kenny rolling Coleman. through though. Yep. Yeah. So, so to clarify what Mitch is talking about here, because some people will be going, "Hang on, we we normally don't like guys going out to the wing," but when we're talking a rookie like Wilmot, oh, just get um, on the park. Yeah, exactly. It's job yeah. security. So when you're talking a rookie, we we're happy if he gets on the park. And uh, what he was referencing before is there's a lot of competition for half back spots. But so if Wilmot's not going to get picked there, um, we want a rookie in our team. So if he plays plays wing for the Lions, then that's good for us as well. He's going to go up in value. Yeah, I think still. Preferably a bench player. Yes. I don't think I want him on my ground. Um, You know, there's a few sort of defenders that I'm not sure exactly who's going to be my D6 if I'm going with the two rookie backline structure. Yeah. Um, So it'll be interesting to see when we've got a few more scores available next weekend in the in the the final practice matches. Um, But Darcy Wilmont, actually, I'm just going to pull up what he actually because he he debuted in a finals game. Hey. What he scored? Yeah, do you, I think uh, from memory, I think they were pretty kind of rookie-ish. They were sort of those like sixty to yeah, seventy, perhaps. Okay. I don't think there was anything ridiculous, but I don't think it was obnoxiously bad either. Yeah, um, okay. But um, but in terms of in terms of lines, um, those are kind of the three guys that we were watching closely. Um, and uh, and McKenna, we'll to watch that I think. Look, I think there's been a few other options. Not, not that McKenna did anything poorly, I don't think, but I think there's been a few other options put their hand up around his price point. Yep, yep. Another Queensland boy that will, yeah, Constable, we'll talk about. <laughs> later. Sorry, were you trying to? Just... Yeah, I was trying to add a little bit of mystery to the podcast, but no, that's all right. You go ahead and just spoil it. <laughs> Sorry, that's <mate. laughs> all good. We're going to talk about this beforehand. We're going to get on the same nah, page. Yeah, yeah. But so I think that a player like McKenna is is definitely fading back for me. Um, yep. So um, I'm not too excited to pick a player like that. And if we can get a few of those other rookies in the defensive line put their hand up. I, I'm, I'm leaning away from a player like that. Um, so, talk yeah. The, talk about the Blue Baggers now. The Blue Boys. So, yeah. moving over this way, 
I guess the biggest one we were watching was the Doherty role yep. and, and how that looked. Um, to my eyes, he looked like he was he was half back a lot early. Sort of the second quarter, end of the first quarter, started playing a little bit of the CBA roles. But for me, he was sort of half-back first, midfielder yep. second. Question for you. If, yep. if you're the person that's picking Doherty, do you really care? Like, are you picking him... I know people are talking about midfield upside, mm. but if you're picking him, I don't think you're picking him specifically for midfield upside. I think you're just picking him because you know he's going to be day one. It's a good point. Um, the reason I was sort of watching was because, like, there's been some talk, and I've heard a few people say that if the Blues are going to make finals, they need to change something in the way they play. Okay. And so the, the notion would be that they go to maybe a bit more of a direct game style like a Geelong, like a Collingwood, and that might be where someone like a Doherty loses points out if he's playing in that halfback role. They go through him a lot on those switches and things like that, whereas if they're playing a bit more direct, as a defender, I think that that hurts him a decent amount. As a midfielder, perhaps not so much. Although in saying that, a lot of those sort of Geelong, Collingwood, Richmond games, it's been the midfielders that haven't haven't scored. So, look, I don't really know. It's just, I guess, it's you want to kind of know what you're buying when you're paying that much for him. So Yeah, I'm paying a lot. um, yeah, I guess that's just that's what it looks like to me. Uh, again, how that actually works out with the scoring, it will be interesting to see next weekend when we do have some actual stats there. Um, so, But for me, he still looked like he got a fair chunk of it. They were yeah. using him still on some switches. He was getting some plus sixes when he played in defense. Um, I don't think he necessarily racked it up a ton in the midfield when he was in there. But again, it's a practice match. They're kind of going half pace. He's a, he doesn't have to prove anything really there. But... Um, yeah, it is just an interesting watch on him. And uh, and I think for me, the flow-on effect for him getting in there a little bit meant that I, the way I watched it, and again, I'll, I'll double-check Matt's uh, CBAs, but Cripper and uh, Hewitt were the two clear number one guys in yep. my eyes. And then there was sort of a mixed mosh of the next sort of lot. So we were looking at like uh, Adam Chera yep. to see where he sort of sat in that pecking order. And if I just have a look, yeah, so we had Cripps at 84%, Hewitt 70%. Kennedy at 60%, Chera 48 and Doherty 36 So Doherty the lowest of those ones, Chera the second lowest. So to me, that's that Chera thing where, okay, 50% CBAs for me, it's not enough. I, I, I would need Ad, to see him. <laughs> yeah, I would need to see him at 70% in a game like this and be close to that Hewitt type um, and have those two be clearly like the top, those be the top three clearly. Yeah. But if that's not the case, to me, that's... um. You know, another another sample of that in the next preseason game, and that's a line through him. Even if he has a bigger role next season, it's still very iffy for me to select a player like that, just because, like like I've said before, I don't want to rely on other players being out for him to get the role that I need him to get. Yeah, it starts to get a little bit risky. The other uh, young fellow that we were watching in that game was uh, was Lockie Cowan as well. Um, I think he might have had, um, again, correct me if I'm wrong out there, guys, but I think he might have had a little injury scare, maybe a little yeah, okay. rolled ankle or something like that, but but kind of played through. Um, he's kind of interestingly linked to Doherty in a little mm. bit, I mean, in, in terms of filling maybe the halfback role void that maybe Doherty leaves if he does go into the midfield. He's one of those ones that I'm not 100% sure whether he's going to be there round one, but if yeah. he is, we'd kind of welcome that. And especially There were some things like that I saw him do that it was like some flashes where I thought, oh, that was that was nice. He yeah, looked composed I think and he was skilled by foot. Um, there's no doubt he's a classy player. It's just whether it's, Carlton can make him fit into their squad. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's hard for, for me to also, when I'm watching a few other things in the same, 
same game. Like I wasn't fixated on him. So um, without the stats there to sort of marry up with what my eyes said, it's like, okay, did he have just a few quality things that really caught my eye and then nothing else? Or was he also collecting some of that easy ball? Um, Not 100% sure, but... Again, someone that I'm watching, and I think compared to some of those other guys, if I do see a Cowan um, named in round one, I think he's a guy that I wouldn't mind having on my field. I know we've had a few comments from some Blues fans saying that they don't think Cowan would be there for round one. Um, I think there's a chance, definitely, from what I'm hearing on Twitter and, and from what I've seen in that game. I think he was starting on the field in that game as well, so that's always a positive in my eyes. I can't remember how many, uh, you know, probables were missing. I don't think there was, I don't think there was a, too many guys uh, not playing for the, for the Blues on that game. But, um, yeah, sort of a wait and see, but I don't think he did his chances any uh, poorly, but I don't think he necessarily shone through amazingly either, if that makes sense. Yep. All right, let's go on to the Magpies. Lots of uh, lots, lots of takeaways from this one. Yeah, let's <laughs> spend a bit longer on here, and we'll, we'll start. We'll start at the top. So the Tom Mitchell panic. Okay, people are like streaming out like a clown car. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, geez. let's get out. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. So the CBAs, I guess, is the the big concern for Collingwood. It looked it looked bleak. Just take take the stats aside. I just watched watching the first sort of quarter of that game, and every time there was a CBA, I was like, okay, is Mitchell in there? Oh, no. No, no, no. Is Mitchell yeah. in there? Oh, no. There was a different then, rotation every single yeah, time. Yeah, it got to in. the point where you're like, hang on a sec, what's, yeah, what's what going is, on what here? What's happening? And so uh, I'll talk to that point then. That, for me, makes me feel not maybe as anxious as some people out there because I don't think Collingwood are going to go and run 11 guys through their midfield consistently during the year. Probably so, not. So then maybe you can look at this game as an anomaly. If I'm trying to play devil's yeah, advocate, yeah. If you're you know trying to I mean? really talk yourself into it, I, I think it's it's a flag. Mm. Absolutely, it's a flag, and I don't think we should be just pushing it to the side and saying, uh, "Oh, it's just preseason; they're experimenting things." I, I am concerned. Yeah, um, this is definitely enough for me to say that it, he is not a lock by any stretch. What do you need um, to see then in next week's game? So next next week's game. Well, first of all, I want to see I want to see again the number of players they put through the midfield yeah. there. So I, I would love for them to see like play six players through the midfield, um, non-rucks um, maximum, really. They had nine yep. guys go through here. Yeah. Uh, I'll just read out some of the names they had go through there. Dugowie, Dacos, Crisp, um, Adams, Tom Mitchell, Lipinski, Jamie Elliott, and the other Dacos as well. Pendles. So, Pendles uh, And Pendlebury. Sorry, yes, you're right, and Pendlebury. So all nine of those players went through as midfielders on top of your two rucks um, in there as well. So it's that's not, where you got that 11 number from. It's, it's a lot of players. It's a lot, and that's why it kind of jumps out at me as a bit of an anomaly. I'd be lying as well if I if I um you know wasn't saying I'm concerned. I was one of the guys jumping out of the clown car. <laughs> yeah, so so <laughs> it's, I, I yeah. heard this before. Like I remember that there was talk a lot last season about Collingwood want to use a lot of guys through their midfield. Um, you know, a lot of us were starting to get on like a Brandon Maynard and stuff like that. Was getting all this talk about more midfield time, and and they were saying that they want to have guys with multiple roles. And this to me kind of looks like that. Like the, you've got your Dugowies, you've got your Taylor Adams, Lipinski's, Jamie Elliotts. Um, and uh, Tom Mitchell in that group where they're doing like a, a mid-forward rotation. Yeah. And then you've got another group where it's like the Dacos, the Crisp, the um, the uh, Pendlebury, yeah. all of those guys doing like a back rotation. Some of them maybe doing a few wing spots here and there as well. But it's like a Ferris wheel. Like. Yeah, it, it seems to me like there was a very intentional game plan of trying to get a lot of guys through there. And I have heard that talk happen. It was... 
it probably didn't show as much in, in the regular season last year, but I do remember that, that being the talk when Craig McRae first arrived at the club uh, last preseason. And uh, maybe just with more of the cattle with, obviously, Tom Mitchell's arrival and um, Nick Dacos's ascension into the midfield, that he's now able to do that a bit more. So, very interesting to me. Um, but I, I, I am, put me, colour me concerned about yeah. Tom Mitchell and he's no longer someone that I think is just locked into your side and, and you throw away the keys. Definitely someone I think you should absolutely be having a think about. Yeah, it's definitely funny since since um, then I've been playing around with my team and, and he's come out a couple of times. I don't, I, I don't want to be reactionary no. either. Like I, I do want to kind of wait and see what happens next week, I think. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously it's, it's a data point. <laughs> yep. We use it, okay, um, and then we sort of see what happens next week yeah. and what the trend Does is. But trend, yeah. Yeah, but in, in saying that, like he was, he was clearly... He was clearly forward as well. Like it wasn't like he was just managed time on ground, which to me is a little bit just mind boggling. He, he was playing a high half forward role, so he would start he forward and he would come yeah. up to the stoppage and stuff like that. And um, look, he was he was still in and amongst the action, but it just yeah, it's definitely a flag when obviously the reason we thought he has upside is because he played fifty percent CBAs last year. Yes, he goes to a new club and we go, okay, cool. He's going to be their main bull inside. Let's yeah. project seventy percent CBAs for him. That gives him the upside that we want to pick him. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say that he's going to have a horrible season, but maybe he just doesn't have that growth anymore. Maybe he's just going to be another fifty percent season, just like he did last year at Hawthorne. Yeah. Perhaps you see that uh, time on ground come up. But then again, Collingwood game style, maybe it all comes out the wash as a 95. It's the Collingwood system. And and I mean, I think if you said to him, you're going to average 95 fantasy points, but you could win a premiership, I think he would take that. It's like where we... You know, talk about him as if he's this fantasy pig. At the end of the day, he's an AFL footballer who wants to have AFL success. So, yeah, it's intriguing, and I, I can't wait to see what happens next week. Yeah, so I think that's one of the big talking points that's come out of the preseason there. And I am, for my team, I am exploring other options as well. Exploring so, other options. Uh, but again, diplomatic. we'll wait and see what happens in the next uh, lot of games. But what about the Collingwood Ruckman? Are you exploring other? I know you're already exploring other options. Well, there. yeah. See, he's he's been someone that I've I was keen on earlier on in the preseason. Yeah. The hand Hamstring thing uh, sort of worried me a little bit. Also, the talk of him and Cox worried me a little bit. And in this game, we saw Cox take the majority of the ruck responsibility. <laughs> Cox, yeah. um, so a lot of people out there are sort of justifying that by saying, okay, he's coming off his hamstring. They're managing him a little bit. Um, of course, Cox is going to get more time now. So that could be the narrative if we see next game flip. Yeah. But I'm still concerned that it's going to be that a 50-50. seems like a, a little bit of a desperate justification. Yeah, it does it? to me. It's sort of like, okay, we've heard them talk about Cox and him sharing time. We've yeah. come out in the preseason, done his, he's done a minor yeah, hamstring. He's, he's coming out, he's had less time than Cox. Um, Cox, I think, got 50% if I, if I again, reference Matt Forrest here. Um, yeah, so 37.5% for Cameron, 50% for Cox and Franson had 12.5, I think, when uh, Cameron basically... I think he might have been managing the last quarter there. but So, 50-50, essentially, uh, yeah. for the time they shared. And I think that that is something that we might have to prepare for for yeah. the season. It's concerning, especially at that price. We've talked about this with a couple of Ruckman that you could be left really in no man's land, especially if you pick Cameron, expecting him to get up close to those top sort of four or five Ruckman and he just kind of plateaus and goes nowhere. Yeah. Then you're left in a situation where you need to find some cash. So I, I still think he's got upside. Like Even if he's playing 50-50 role, I think... Do you he, reckon he's still got upside? I think it's not much, but I think he could be like a 90s guy, um, like a 90 guy. I reckon. Maybe not like mid to high 90s. 
Um, when he's priced at, like, I think, low 80s, 82, 83. So he, he might be like... Some, he put up some stinkers late last year. Yeah, but he also had some da- games where he went well. Like, I'm pretty sure he had a game where, in a 50% ruck roll, he had 130 or something like that. It took, a, like, maybe some goals. Out to 90, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's enough to scare me, obviously. Yes, um, I don't think... If, if I knew, say this, if I knew it was 50% split the whole season, I wouldn't pick him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't pick him. I would go somewhere else. Um, but... Yeah, it is, it is very interesting to watch. And again, you've also got the added element of the, the sub and things like that, which we talked about in our Risky Players podcast more recently. Um, so that was him. And then the last player that I was really keeping my eye on here was the Dacos role. Um, seemed to be like what we said in those CBAs. He was one of the top guys in those CBAs. Yeah. Seemed to find a lot of it. Um, 52%. I think it's a positive sign. Oh, it's definitely a positive sign. And, and the... Remember, he's a defender. So to get even close to that top six defender, then he has to average mid-90s. 95, I think, is the line so, you'd want. So mid-90s. I think if he plays 50% midfield, he's going to get very close, if not exceed that. And then the good thing about Dacos is that if he does, for whatever reason, go back into a half-back role, we can be pretty confident that he's going to go down, take some kickouts, and he's yep. going to get an average of 90 or greater as well. So I think there's yep. a little bit of safety there. There's a, there's reasonably high ownership. So Dacos I'm, did take two kick-ins as well Yeah, um, so, so I'm, in that game. From, um, from the game on the weekend... Um, He's actually firmed more in my calculations than anything else. For me too, and I also want to. I'll highlight that the because, like, say if we think that Tom Mitchell's not going to do what he's going to do, yeah. that also helps me justify the breakout that we're expecting for a Nick Dacos as well. Because what I was trying to wrap my head around before with this Collingwood team is they're a low-scoring team from last year. You're adding in a Tom Mitchell, and if we all expect him to be going 105-110, well, where are these points coming for Dacos that we'll expect him to jump up another 10 points? If that's not going to happen, that makes it easier for me to go and see the pathway for Nick Dacos to take that next step. So for me, they're kind of like almost... You know, as Tom Mitchell comes down, Dacos kind of rises up for me. Yeah. So, again, I've said this a few times already, single data point, but, again, a significant one for me. Um, we'll see how it looks in the next game, and uh, and I'll also be keen to watch everyone's sort of time on ground stats as well. Yeah. So, how much is time on ground affecting Tom Mitchell um, yeah. and, and how that marries up with the uh, the CBA stats. So, lots going on over in Collingwood, Definitely. but very, very interesting. So, let us know what your thoughts are. What are you doing with Tom Mitchell uh, in the YouTube comments below? So, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, Essendon. Uh, first game or second game, I think, on that Thursday. Did you did you catch a lot of this game? I, I, I sort of watched the first quarter a bit. Um, yeah, I really didn't um, tune into much of this game here. The only sort of I, I know that there's definitely people out there selling the big dogs in Merritt and particularly Parish, um, yeah. seeing Parish as being a little bit underpriced. Uh, even Parish burnt me last year, <laughs> and yeah, that factors in. But if for some reason, he's just not the kind of player that I really get around either. It's, it's Meaning, just, yeah. Yeah, just in terms of like, I don't necessarily uh, resonate with the way he goes about it. He needs the, the game. The way I see it, he needs the game on his terms. Yeah. He needs to find a lot of the ball to score big, which he can. Yeah, Obviously he definitely can. can. But so um, I wasn't sort of keen to watch Essendon from that perspective. The only guy yeah. that I actually was keen to sort of see was um, Setterfield. Yes, and I noticed that seventy um, percent. Your boy on Twitter there um, yeah. had him at seventy percent CBA. So uh, I don't know where because I didn't watch the game. I don't know whether that translated to plenty of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, in the next couple of days, I'll probably be going back and having a bit of a look at that um, that KO. 
Yeah, yeah. I think, um, again, yeah, like I said, I didn't watch too much of this game, but, um, again, I wasn't really watching too much for Essendon. One of the rookies, Jai Menzies, apparently kicked a few goals and looked pretty decent. Um, just another name to add to the mix in terms of those forward rookies. I think he's, again, probably of a similar price from the top of my head, around that 290 sort of mark. Um uh, 283 he is. He seemed like, from what I saw, like a, a forward um, and played solely in that forward 50. So um, there seems to be a lot of options down there. I think that maybe his job security might not be as high as some of those other guys, but he obviously did enough to impress that didn't do his round one chances any harm. So another sort of rookie to keep our eye on. Let's move on to Frio. the next guys, Frio. It's the ones we got to sit down and have a, have a beer. Yeah, this was the, the, the first one on a Friday afternoon <coughs> yesterday. So Hayden Young is it's, where we'll start. It was a disappointing beer in that regard. Yeah, he didn't he didn't do a whole lot. Um, it was pretty quiet. Yeah. I, think, um, I think from what I saw, again, the Frio Dockers, the whole team was a bit Kind of a bit off, didn't they? Not, it, it not was, going full pelt. No, nah, it was um, interesting. There was no Luke Ryan, and so Mitch yeah. and I were both sitting there thinking, okay, we'll get a really good look at whether Hayden Young is. There's hardly any kick in kick out guy. Watched, then, yeah. yeah, Adelaide kicked like two behinds. In yeah, there. It was like 10 2 or something, and one of them he was on the bench. So yeah. we, we saw one kick in. Um, <laughs> I don't know probably, if I. Probably had to watch for a little bit longer, but yeah. it just in what we saw, and then and then what I sort of saw in the in the wash up on Twitter as well is there was no one really selling him big, and there were a lot of people just kind of suggesting that he was pretty ho hum, um, yeah. Which is is certainly not what you want to see from a guy that you're kind of contemplating as a breakout pick. Yeah, it's, it's you're happy to see that from a Jack Steele, you're happy to see that from a Rory Legs. You really don't you don't care how they go in the preseason, but when yeah. you're looking at a guy as being a potential yeah. make or break breakout pick um, to jump into that top six defenders, he didn't really show anything that suggested that he would be um, making that leap. Yeah, and we were also looking at the game style for Frio as well and whether or not that like chip mark sort of style was there a lot. And there wasn't as much as I feel like I remember seeing in regular season games. And I was sort of, I was asking you what your thoughts are like on a, on a say, a ground like that where you don't have, you know, it's a bit windier and things like that. You obviously don't have the stadium surrounding you and it's sort of like a trial game. And, you know, are we really chipping the ball around in like a practice match? And yeah, uh, that's the only thing. And I said to you on the day, didn't I? Is yeah. That, is that if you were chipping the ball around in a practice match, I think everyone would be looking at you going like, what the? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, come it's on, let's I mean? let's have a go at it. Let's experiment yeah. and try some things and take some things on. The kind so, of slow game style and chipping about comes about from pressure in in yeah. a game situation. So, so I think I think next weekend will be a better idea for me. I, look, it's it's not a good sign for Hayden Young, but I'm also not um, I'm not ruling him out by any chance. And I think next week will give me the information that I need to know on a player like that. Um, and hopefully Luke Ryan does play that game so we can see both of them playing yes. together and what the split is between the two. Thanks, uh-huh. thanks for correcting my capitalisation. <laughs> Sorry, man. You, you guys it. can't see this, but we've, we've got a, sh- a shared document here and I typed in Luke Ryan's name. I forgot my capital letters and Mitch has just corrected me <laughs> mid-podcast. Capital, so it's your own this, name, mate. This Luke. is the kind of bloke I'm working with here. <laughs> can you believe it? Oh, mate. Can't spell Hawthorne, capitalising <laughs> Luke Ryan. Here we go. Uh, In fairness, I should, I should have given him a Jaeger, Bomb. he was, um, you know, doing his doing his thing. Looks like he had a fair bit of it. Yeah, I think noted here. Something I kind of noted when we were watching it as well is, I mean, he, he knows how to find the footy inside, but there were so many times he got the ball, just kind of got tackled, it spilled out, or he got tackled, and it was it was a stoppage. I see him obviously being super important for Fremantle in terms of doing that in and under stuff, but he just doesn't strike me um, in that midfield as the guy who'll pop out and get many plus sixes. Mm-hmm. I think you've already got uh, a guy uh, like Brayshaw who could 
possibly be the best in the league at popping out for yep. plus sixes. I just don't see that as being um, Jay Gromira's role. He led the he led the team in CBAs, eighty percent. Um, and uh, so, so that's that's obviously a lot up from his Frio, uh, sorry, his Thorthorn days. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of agree with you in terms of. Yeah, even yeah. if he does outscore his price, he's he's interestingly priced. I, I would yeah. probably say, um, you know, I don't think he presents a heap of value or enough value. But then he's also not a guy that you'd pick with a guarantee that he's going to jump into the top eight mids. Yeah, um, he's, he's twenty nine years old. His career high is ninety nine point six, so a hundred. Priced at eighty two, you almost need him to get again to that career high kind of level to be a worthwhile pick. Yeah, um, which look he easily could do. Like he's very consistently like last year ninety six, year before COVID that was a, a COVID seventy six. So that's probably close to that sort of high nineties mark. Yeah. Then there was the hundred. Then there was the ninety six again. So he's pretty consistently a ninety five to a hundred kind of a player. So that gives you, what, maybe 15 points of upside. It is still ending in that awkward spot, though, where you're not quite 100 averaging mid, so you're still a step away from the big dogs there. It's not cheap like a sheet or anything like that. So it's just that really awkward price, and I don't find myself gravitating to players like that. But he is underpriced. Um, You know, if he came out and started, you know, the first half of the season doing 105, I wouldn't be shocked or blown out out of the water, but... Uh, probably just not a player that I'd, I'd jump on. All right, let's go on to the next squad here. Who have we got next? Down the Cattery. Yeah, the Geelong. This was the this was the first game, and everyone was very excited with a few players in here. Um, particularly a couple of the younger guys that have come into the side in Tanner Did you get Bruin. to watch this one? I watched a little bit of it, yeah. So I was watching this one. See, um, I've, got a, I've got a job, so I got yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was think I was at the gym at that, that time, and I was that, sort of just like watching it, and like between shift. my sets. Yeah, that split shift works wonders for you. When it yeah, comes it does to sometimes when I've got a bit of free time in the I, middle of the day. I should just stop the, stop the class. I mean, <laughs> sorry, kids, we're streaming the game. Yeah, no, we're we're, we're doing stats today, guys. It's all maths. <laughs> so let's yeah. let's go. Uh, but yeah, Tanner Bruin got a lot of CBAs, um, and also Jack Bowes. Everyone was very excited. Everyone was saying that he was the best on ground. To me, though, he played a high half forward role with a little bit of midfield, but to me, the midfield stuff came when everyone else can't... Like, the game was over very quickly. They were very much experimenting. So, I know people. some people are excited about Jack Bowes. Um, I'm I'm not. I don't think the role is going to be something that I could rely on, and I don't think that in a team like that... Like, this is the perfect example of of a team just kind of coasting in a game like this, especially the older big guns. Geelong seems so... um Insular with everything they do as well. They don't. They don't yeah. offer a lot um, no. in terms no. of, hey, this guy might be playing this role or whatever. And and then, like you said, they're they're a team that's just coming off a flag. They're just going to be ticking boxes. Yeah. Um, they're not going to be doing anything drastically different. Um, these guys have just yeah. come in to to complement what they're already doing. They haven't come in to be hundred averaging players. Yeah. And um and when you're playing that high half uh, high half forward role against the Hawks. Most people are going to look pretty good. I'll tell you that much. I reckon, uh, I reckon you and I look pretty good. Yeah, they thumped him. That they, yeah, they they thumped him. It was very much on uh, Geelong's terms for the the majority of the game. So yeah. um, the the scoring and the the player looked good, but the role to me is a cross. Um, I can't see him being like a permanent midfielder, which is what I'd want him to be, or like a halfback type, which he yeah. was in the Gold Coast days. Um, so I think that for me. 
Look, maybe I haven't ruled a complete line through him, but he's still got an uphill battle to make yeah. my side. Playing that high half forward role for, for sort of context as well, it, it's a really, really important role in any footy team, but it's a role where you can go from zero to 100. Yeah, um, the game quick. script so very much dictates your It scoring. really does, yeah. and you can you can be flying and you can look a million bucks, and then next week you can really... Yep. You might still be playing your role really well for the team, but from a fantasy perspective, you can go cold. So yep. it's just not something that has any sort of... Um, yeah, consistency with scoring. Tanner Bruin, he's um, he's someone that I did like. I did flag I think earlier in the preseason in our mid price of forward uh, podcast, just as an option in terms of I thought he was going to get some midfield time. Um, he did actually get some midfield clock in the GWS uh, team last year. He's never really been, at least at AFL level, a decent scorer. I think he was a decent scorer in the junior levels, but again, just for me. This seems like a guy that we're just getting him exposure in the midfield. And Geelong play a lot of guys through those CBAs, or at least they did last season. And I think that um, he's just kind of a guy that if he was a defender, we might look at him. But as a forward, when we talked about those other good options there, you've got to take one of those guys out of your team to put him in. And I think that's pretty tough for me to do at this point. So... Look, he didn't do himself any harm by getting those CBAs. And if I just scroll back, he got 66% led all players in CBAs. But a lot of those guys, Dangerfield, um, Guthrie, a lot of those players, I don't think played the full game. So I think they're, you know, Guthrie's not getting 33% CBAs. Danger's definitely getting more than 40% CBAs in there. So I don't know if that's reflective of his role he's going to play when the season actually starts. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, so, yeah, for me, not someone I'm super keen on. Um, and uh, and, and one, one player that's kind of popped up out of nowhere, or not nowhere, but someone that some people are suggesting you can have at uh, R3, Asava Radagalia is a guy oh, that... Um, priced at like 330 or something. Yeah, uh, which I mean, to me is a lot. It's, it's a lot with, to have on your bench. You, with your... <clears throat> excuse me. With your rucks as well, like if, if one of your rucks goes down, it's an automatic trade to get mm-hmm. another decent ruck minute as well. So just for me, I'm just not 100% sure on the purpose of what you would be. Yeah. I'd, I'd almost feel better to save... You know, 130k, and um, 
have a, a like a red dot loop. Yeah. Um, I just think there's other scenarios yeah, that you can do there that that make me feel better than having a playing R three that's yeah, kind of three thirty k. Yeah. I don't know. Like he, he to me he played uh, full back. He played full forward. I don't yeah. think I saw him much in the actual ruck itself. So. Uh, to me, you'd need someone to be a ruckman to be that kind of potential higher ceiling scoring but kind why, of capability. What do you get? He's on your be- you, you know he's on your bench anyway. Well, you, just you know. just the cash generation. You know, like if oh, you want okay. that cash generation, okay. he's going to make you some money. Um, you know, it's spot that you know. Otherwise, you're not making anything. Um, That's true. You know, if if he can make you still 200k, it's still worthwhile. Um, but I just don't think that. Radical is going to do that. I don't think he's going to would score well enough. Would you prefer the two hundred? Let's say he does make two hundred k. Would you prefer the two hundred k or the ability to loop straight off the bat? Uh, if I could guarantee two hundred k, I'd probably take the two hundred k and sort of and use that. But okay. again, I don't. I think that's a very big if. I don't it think is. he's going to definitely do that. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm um, I'm not really entertaining that thought very much from my side. All right, let's move on to the Gold Coast. Um, Do you want to allude to this guy again or should I just come out and say his name? Go on, go on. You, you, you the said Constable. The Constable. Here he is. He, uh, he looked bloody good, i tell you that much. Uh, I watched, again, first quarter and a half of this game and he you found told me a he was lot waxing, of the ball. Mate. He, he was, was getting a lot waxing. of the ball. Took kick-ins. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah, I think he had four kicked in. Is four kicked in played who, on all was, of them. Who was missing? Was there anyone missing? There is a few players. So I think it's Will Powell and Lockie Weller who are injured yeah. at the moment, and I'm not sure if they're going to be right for round one. Okay. So the question mark on a constable is okay. Well, firstly, how long are those guys out for? And secondly, if those guys come back in, are they straight back into the side, or they do they spend a bit of time? Lockie in the, Weller, I think, is straight back into the side. He's, he's a decent guy. Um, and and is and is constable the guy that makes way for those kind of players. So for me, this is the guy that if you if you want that kind of McKenna Cofield kind of type, Charlie Constable is the guy that you want. He's three thirty k, so he's forty thousand cheaper than a McKenna. Um, so basically, you're looking at him as an expensive rookie. He's had um, decent scoring in the past, and uh, from what I I think I counted, he had like sort of. Nearly forty points in the first quarter. Um, took, you counting twos or? Yeah, uh, just, yeah, he was getting he, a lot of plus sixes, man. Well, like he was, he's he's got that kind of headless chook kind of running around, give it to me, scream so kind of thing. Reminds me of like uh, a couple of years ago when they had Oleg Markov in their yeah. side, and he was sort of demanding the ball. I've got a similar kind of vibe. He's taller, obviously, and um, look, he, so, he used it okay. I don't think there was anything terrible he did with his um, with his. Uh, foot skills, so yeah. I think that's been a criticism of his in the past. The scenario where I, I see him potentially being able to come into my team is as a uh, a D5 mm-hmm. with Jimby as D6. So I, d- I don't think I would bat so deep that suddenly Constable would be my D6 and Jimby would be on my Could bench. you go the other way and put him I as think- a D4? And go cheap okay, in the Okay, defense. really cheap. Oh, I played around with that just before we came on and it's left me it left me feeling a little bit exposed down back yeah um but then i also thought to myself well if we if we're not locked in on on who's going to be the performing backman could you start with the cheaper back line and and Just go with more certainty in your midfield on. and do you know what i mean could you yeah. go cheaper in that line um i think it's a play um i yeah. don't know if it's the right play but again at the moment i'm trying not to think too much with my side and i'm 44 sort of- points in the first quarter yeah, okay. Well, let's... Okay, I just say that to say that he was getting a lot of the ball and obviously You've he was... you in 44. That's a very specific <laughs> number, mate. Yeah, well, I think, I think maybe I got the... Brayshaw had 44, but I counted up. He didn't carry the one or something. He, he definitely was up there. He was close to like 40 points in the, in the first quarter and okay. uh, and the kick-ins were a nice surprise. There was a few times where he was not the closest guy to the goal square 
came running in and say, mate, give me the ball. I'll kick it in, which, which I like. There's observable thirst there, I think. Observable thirst. <laughs> I, think, I, wow. again, I can't what claim that. I think someone else claimed that. I can't oh, was it? There might be a, there might be a Dossie Pod Pod thing. I'll have to, have okay. to shout out to whoever coined that phrase. But, um, but yeah, he, he obviously showed a hunger for the ball and yeah. wanted it in his hands. So he's, he's an option. Um, again, I want to see it again next okay. week when yep. the, we've got you know twenty two players in a squad or twenty three players in a squad, and and we can see scores that are not just me counting on my fingers. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he looks he looks pretty good and uh, could be an option for us. And if you want that more expensive guy, if the rookies don't show up, he's the guy that I would be going for. So. Um, the only other thing from the Suns' point of view I saw was Bailey Humphrey looked pretty good. Um, kicked a couple goals. Looks like a bit of a unit as well in there. Played a little bit of mid time, but we were. <laughs> You're fixing my spelling. I just double checked. <laughs> okay. Wow, well, we, okay. we got a little grammar war going on here off camera. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he he looks someone that again those those forward rookies, two hundred ninety ish k. Uh, between him and a few other guys as an option. And uh, perhaps maybe you can have one of these guys in your midfield um, with a guy from the Hawthorne Hawks. Didn't play. Oh, actually, I wanted to highlight this. Oh, we'll, we'll go to Hawthorne oh, in a second. Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. But okay. the Hawthorne, Cam McKenzie, if he isn't there for round one, maybe you put one of these guys in your midfield yeah. as that sort of replacement. Uh, but he looked all right. Any, anything else that you wanted to highlight from the Gold Coast? Not for the Suns. Like I said, I didn't, uh, I didn't actually catch the game myself, so it'll be another one I'll have to go back and watch. But you've got me, you've got me all hot and sweaty about Constable, mate. <laughs> yeah, let's have a look at him. Let's have a look at him next week and what he's scoring per minute rate is as well yep. so uh, next one here Hawthorne this is just going to be heartbreak for Mitch should I let you lead off or should oh, I I don't know if I can man I tweeted out about it I tweeted out one word and an emoji oh sorry oh. his name and an emoji and that was all I could get out devastating for, for Mitch's love, love child uh, when the Hawks played the other day because uh, Dylan Moore was predominantly in that forward role I think he was obviously one that, that um, we were a little bit high and, and when I say we I'm Mean Mitch. Hey, you <laughs> hold on. Oh, I'm jumping ship, mate. Oh, I'm jumping ship. <laughs> no, we were pretty high on, um, but uh, a lot of other people out there were kind of skeptical, and maybe they were skeptical for good reason because it did look yeah. as though Dylan Moore was playing predominantly forward, and Hawthorne were electing to go with um, some of those younger, well, not younger, but some of those uh, up and coming mids in Newcomb and, and uh, Ward there. And this well. is and this is where I've got to separate what. I think should happen and what is clearly happening, yes, right? Yeah. So I believe that Dylan Moore is a great player. Yeah. I believe that he would make an excellent midfielder and you owe it to yourself to at least try it for a longer stretch than sort of five games at the back end of the season. Yeah. Um, I, I would personally be prioritizing him over someone like a Warpool um, and those sort of yeah. types. Um, he's not... I made this this comment as well that if he if he's the Isaac Heaney tease over these next oh, several years, it'd be, it'd be an absolute waste because um, I, I understand it a bit more with Heaney because he is taller, he's a bit more of a target as a forward, but Dylan Moore being the height that he is, like you can get those kind of types more so in the forward line, but he is so good at finding his own ball. Yeah. Uh, the pressure that he puts on, the use of it, he's I'd just have smart. I've there before Warple as well. Yeah, hey. so, but at the end of the day, had zero CBAs yeah. Yeah. Um, in the practice match. Um, it, it nearly, if, if he does anything less than Sort of seventy percent next game, but you were or quick fifty percent. You were quick to replace him, but we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll talk I've, got, about it. <laughs> I've got my next guy we'll, to throw in. Mitch is quick on the rebound. We, we'll <laughs> yeah. talk about another fellow later. So he's Mitch's. he's trending down and, and nearly a line through. Uh, Will Day, I want to get your opinion on Will Day, um, defender. 
someone who um, is quite cheap, 500 and I want to say 17,000. Um, my main thing 537, with, sorry. My main thing with him is I'm concerned um, if Hawthorne play a few night games. <laughs> I need that cricket noise. I swear to the God, I need the cricket noise. That's next. That was next actually podcast. a good one. Eh? <laughs> it took me a minute. I was, was like, "Hold on, can you not see?" No. I didn't even prep that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, uh, no, Will Day uh, hasn't come into my calculations. Um, nothing to do with the, t- the time of the game that they're playing. But you know, um, do, do you remember? Oh, just just a little side yeah, read. Do you remember that like, that BBC uh, ad where they did that nighttime, daytime? Have you ever seen it? Oh, I I'll have to have to tweet out anyway. To, yeah. <laughs> Just reminded me of that. <laughs> he hasn't come into my calculations. Uh, he is a guy that people have been talking about because he might be attending some centre bounces. But um, just in terms of like structurally, I'm getting to the point now with my team where there's really kind of only a few spots in my mind that are really mm. kind of genuinely up for grabs. Yep. And it's the like I said with Mellera before that the structure is kind of not lending yep. itself to too many of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I think I think of all of those guys, like we talked about Bose earlier. I'd have yeah. Will Day ahead of a Bose. Um, we're going to talk about a Hunter Clark later. I think those two are potentials. I'd need to see more data. Um, yeah. I don't think I've sold yet, but um, it, it could get there if I see a little bit more and um, if I see them like put up some decent scores in the next game, um, or at least good points per minute in that next game. But it, it is noteworthy that um, and a lot of time, I think Selby has said this a few times, the great man, that um, defenders... What are you laughing at over there? No, you, you butchered <laughs> Jeremy Cameron's name. Oh, mate. I've You've put to, A's where yeah, there should be O's. I'm trying to get this shit out as fast as I can while I'm watching the game. Give me a break. <laughs> um, we're going to have to get through. We're already at 45 minutes. We're going to have to get through this oh, stuff. Oh, it's going to be a big pod. Strap yourselves in, guys. Um, but... I think that, yeah, those defenders sometimes make good uh, midfielders because they're, they're defensive minders, so they come yeah. and they tackle, they're good at finding space and popping up for those marks. So I kind of can see that with a Will Day. He's, he's a bit slighter of frame, so I wonder how he'll go in there. Um, so he's someone I'm watching but not completely sold on yet. Um, another couple of little rookies that we were watching, Fergus Green. Looks like a potential guy that we can have on our bench. 200k forward. Uh, looks, for them. looks pretty good up forward. So put him in your little black book. And uh, Weddle was playing a mix of uh, halfback and a wing role. You didn't like my little little black book? What is it? What? <laughs> have I've you not ne- heard that? I've never heard that phrase. Just your little black book. Your little notepad. Your little... 2023, mate. Oh, okay. No notepad. <laughs> okay, put them in your Word doc or your spreadsheet, <laughs> whatever it is you're using. No, I just never heard that, but no. Uh, Keep going, sorry. Josh, uh, is it Josh Weddle or Weddle? He looked, he looked okay. Didn't blow the roof off the building, but... Um, yeah, just looks solid. Hopefully he can keep putting his hand up and present himself as that defensive option. Again, kind of that type. I don't know if I'd have him on my ground. Yeah. Um, so, Of all the names there that we've noted down for Hawthorne, I don't think I'm going to have... Aside from rookies, yeah. I don't think I have any of them, but the one that would interest me the most might be if Josh Ward was in a, like a heavy CBA role. I, I still... Yeah, let me some, have a look I'd at have to what see our something. boy Matty had him at. Um, and I think it, it says, you know... I think he'll play the CBO role for for Ward, but I, I probably think there's a scenario where you can have a look. Yeah, you don't have he to. He played fifty percent on the weekend, apparently. Yeah, okay. 
So it's yeah. probably not high enough for me. Will Day, 33%. Yeah. Newcomb was the highest at 83 but then the next was Warple and Ward at 50%. But well, I think a lot of those guys sat out a lot of the, the end bits. So Connor Nash went in there. Yeah. Henry Hustwaite went in there 50%. I don't know if he's going to get that kind of time. All those normally, guys you can so. have a look at. You don't have to start with them and you can, yeah. you're not going to get completely burnt. So. Yeah, so um, that's sort of yeah, that's sort of tough. Um, let's move on to the next team here. Yep. Um, Melbourne, Demons. again. The big thing, and I, I tweeted this out, that Angus Brayshaw um, was used exclusively off half-back, yep. um, but he found plenty of it, and I, yeah, I counted 44 points. There was a few tackles. Again, yeah, 44. You're just, you've just got a favourite now. <laughs> yeah, Lewis, Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, Jake Lloyd. Um, but yeah, he's... I, he, there was a few tackles in there, so maybe 40, maybe 48, yeah. um, that were sort of questionable, but got plenty of it, was used a lot off half-back. Um, it doesn't, so doesn't we didn't see any wing me. wrong, which, which was what we were yep. clearing off. So, And I don't think we will. Um, Lockie Hunter's in there. So, yeah, for me, he, he was another guy that actually firmed, even though he wasn't um, maybe playing that midfield role that we'd hoped. It, it, for me, the way defense is, is shaping up, if he's either in that midfield role or across halfback, I still think he's going to be a top six defender. And, um, and I'd be happy to start with him in my team. Gordon Grundy pretty much split it down the middle, fifty-fifty. Yeah. Um, really, I don't feel like we learnt enough. No, I don't there think to, we learnt much. To do anything. Um, I think it's more cementing of my thinking of just don't mess with it and just yeah. figure some more data out. The more we get into the season, just wait for one of them to get injured and then jump on the other. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, jump on them when that happens. So um, outside of that, they had a few more guys running through the midfield. I think like a, a Sparrow and um, a who else ran through there. Oh, someone else. Viney, but Viney was in there. Yeah. Oliver, Petrarca, Sparrow. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. There was one other person. So a couple other guys that weren't normally in there. And the fact that Brayshaw was also not one of them. Um, probably means that at least while the um, the Salem thing is going on, that we're not going to see Brayshaw in the midfield. But yeah. uh, again, we probably won't find out that out until the season actually starts. So I'd be drafting or, or picking Brayshaw with the expectation he's going to be halfback. Yeah. North Melbourne. Exciting, um, mate. Played against our boys at Richmond. And yeah. um, just quietly, Luke, but Luke Davis, you, you look really good. <laughs> well, you might have flopped on more, but I, I think you, you might be onto something there, Mitch. He's only 8% owned, but he looks really, really good. <laughs> no, but honestly, he's um, he is firming Mitch, in Mitch my side. Mitch wants him all to himself. <laughs> Don't tell anyone, but he did look, uh, he looked really good and um, played... High time in the middle. Uh, 81.5%. Now, flag. Okay. Asterisk. Flag, where's this come from? Um, no Simkin. Yeah, And okay. no Ben Cunnington. But remember the squirt in, that we got the, from Roy? Yes, we do remember so. that that squirt that he gave us at Cunnington. Oh, sorry, no. Simkin, Simkin. won't be playing as much CBAs as possible. Yep. Um, I think it also will affect the other guys more than it will affect LDU. So Phillips yeah. was in there 67% of the time. Zerha, 67%. Yeah, will right. Powell, 60%. Curtis and Shield both are just over 11% as well. So, so I, I think, think those guys would be the ones hit more than, it's than not a big flag. LDU. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially because he finished the year with about 80% yeah. CBA. So I, I think Cunnington I see that comes continuing. in takes away from he Phillips. Was getting, he was getting space. He was laying tackles yeah. and clearances. They were using him and looking for him a lot. I am uh, very bullish on where, LDU. Where do your concerns lie in terms of tag? Because is it like, why bother tagging it when you play North Melbourne? Or is it you just tag the best player? I, in this case, it's LDU. I, for a player like that, when he's valued like he is, I'm not as worried about a tag. And, and the other thing that to me is a lot of teams, especially early in the season, don't typically tag 
especially a team like North Melbourne. Like, those tags typically come later on in the season, unless you've got, like, a known tagger, yeah. like, in the past when it was a... Um, uh, who was the guy from the Giants? Um, I was going to go real far back and go Ryan Crowley. Oh, well, even, yeah. Do you, do you know Ryan? Would no, you? I don't think I... That was before my time, mate. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Showing my... Uh, I was my, going right back there. Yeah, but like, so these guys that um, like are known taggers, yeah. you sort of maybe look at those and that's <coughs> the flag. But I yep. think general team to team, most teams aren't going to be tagging the first sort of six no, rounds. I agree with that. And when you're having a play like LDU, like by the time you sort of figure out, oh, hey, this guy's actually pretty good. He's, he's up at premium price. Yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm not too worried about that as a starting pick. Um, you know, if you don't pick him and he gets away from you early on, then you might consider it yeah. later. But he's cheap enough for me that even if he gets a tag here and there, like he still averaged 106 with two tag games in the back half of the season last year. So, so can I um, can I jump on that one with you? Because you made me come down with the more one. As long as, go, as, long as you don't tell go, anyone else, mate. I had to go down with the sinking ship, but I'm going to jump on the LDU one. Mate, if, if he flops, I want you to know that you were on here as well. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. it wasn't my call. You've got proof now, mate. You, you're on to it too. But so. he wasn't the only one that impressed at North Melbourne. Hey, uh, Harry Sheasel. Mm. He looks you were like, watching this one live. He looks like a gun. He looked clean. He played very much a forward role, but yeah. got up the ground pretty good. But he looked like, of all the forward rookies, to me, he impressed me the most. Um, and it is funny with these rookies. It's the first time we have a chance to watch these guys play. Yeah. So... Looked very clean, very smart, used the ball. There were some really slick, quick handballs in, in congested uh, possessions yeah. there. So um, just looked more experienced than you would typically think of a guy who's never played AFL football. So yeah. um, played played forward, but got some good tackles. Um, you know, I think the first play of the game, he uh, tackled, got a free kick, kicked the goal straight from 50 metres. So, um, yeah, looked, looked the goods. I'm, I'm pretty sure we can... Essentially, if he's there round one, I'm locking him in and putting him on my ground. Just quietly too, I think um, Clarko brought the Clippers with him because every single player... Oh, everyone shaved their head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, like LDU, Sheasel, um, Powell, Phillips, Cunnington doesn't have any hair. (laughs) Yeah, didn't have to worry about that. But yeah, they've all gone the buzz cuts and you know... You know what our thoughts are on buzz cuts. Yeah, so. that, that's a, that can only be good. And and I've said yeah. this before. It's time for North Melbourne to stop being shit. It's, <laughs> it's time. Let's do it. So I I'm bullish on a few of these guys. Will Phillips as well had lots of CBAs. Sixty six percent. I don't expect to keep up, but yeah. even if it's sort of thirty or forty percent, I think that's a win for two hundred seventy k. Big tick there. So again, player that I'm happy to have on my field. So. Going to have a few Rue boys in my side this year, I reckon. Yeah, exciting um, times. Exciting but yeah, times. we will have to just... We'll just monitor again how it looks when Simkin and Cunnington do come back and what the uh, midfield mix is like. So, all right, Port Adelaide. Port, let's... It, interesting. I don't know if there's much we can glean from Port just with a few of the key guys that we butters wanted to look at being out. There. So, it, it's particularly Butters, isn't it? Because the Butters being there, or in this case, not being there, really, for me, impacts uh, whether you get a genuine look at Rosie... Um, it, it it's kind of I said to you this off air before, but if Butters isn't playing, potentially Rosie sees more midfield time. But there's also a scenario where Butters isn't playing, so potentially Rosie has to spend more time forward, depending on what Port want to do with it yeah. this year. So I think from what I kind of saw, Rosie Rosie was great. Um, yeah. he probably had like a bit of a 50-50 split midfield and forward. We'd prefer the midfield time to be higher, but yeah. who knows whether that was just a 50-50 it's split. It's hard to get a read on. Yeah, it's hard to get there, a read so. on in terms of they're just sort of doing a little bit and then, you know, resting a bit more. But yeah. um, I think the wording from what I've heard is that it's going to be a similar role to what it was last year, which was about that 60% CBA. So, um, which which is, showed he could score. Yeah, on. which is maybe like two-thirds mid, one-third forward. So, and, and in, in that kind of a role, he could probably do about 100, I think. 
think. Um, so I think that he is still a decent option. Didn't do anything to sort of dissuade me from there. Mm. Uh, but again, like you said, no butters. Uh, would have loved to see him play as well. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, didn't get to look at that. The other thing that we were looking at is the uh, lie, set, and forget. I think he did his chances well for Team Mitchmond, um, at least. Yeah. Um, I think he's obviously clearly the number one ruck. Yep. Um, I think there was a lot of people that got a bit nervous when they swapped them around in the preseason, uh, like, intra-club match. But we sort of posited to say that that's just sort of them evening up those sort of... Uh, centre bounces and clearances and things like that, so they're not just dumping it down the the Team 1's throat. Um, to me, this is almost going to be like, if, if we get to the teams and they name a Teagle in the side with a Lyset, that's maybe a, a cross. If, if it's Lyset on, on his own, uh, to me, I'm starting to think that that's kind of where I'm going to go, um, yep. if it is a soul-rucking responsibility, but... I'm still open to other opportunities. Um, it's just that the Darcy Cameron thing that we spoke, spoke about earlier, it's really not... Yeah. I'm not loving paying enough English at this stage with my, my structure. So Lysette, to me, is firming up to be the pick in the R2 spot at the moment. But I, again, I would rather him... I would well, obviously much rather him not have a second ruck in the team. So we'll see how that goes when the teams are actually announced and what it looks like next week as well. But he looked decent. He did. Uh, he which did. is good. All right, let's move on to Richmond. Pretty quickly through this one here. Taranto... 70%. They ran a very tight CBA mix. Yeah, so they had um, Taranto Hopper in there. Prestia was in there. Um, short. Sh- yeah, short again, which was interesting. It was one of those things that we were going to watch, not because we we're going to pick him straight off the bat, but just we were probably hoping that... Um, You'd be at, a defender we could add later yeah, on. Yeah, at round six. Um, so not so confident about that now. No, it seems as though... And I think, you know, we, we know Richmond uh, probably better than we know any of the other teams. And I think that they're going, hey, if... Shorty plays in the middle. We can get something out of him there, and then we can have guys like Hugo, Ralph Smith, and Daniel Rioli, who are these uh, running quick lost, lost um, own, yeah. guys off half back. So, um, unfortunately, from a fantasy perspective, it looks like Short might be playing in the midfield. But Taranto's role was everything we wanted to yep. see, wasn't it? He he um, just was was yeah. a beast. It looked in like there. Hopper, Taranto, number one and two. <coughs> Pressier was yeah. there as well. So clear yep. top three in my eyes. There was no Shay. Yeah, so yeah, that there was factors no in as well because he definitely will see some time at the CBAs. But I don't think that that um, but no CBAs sh- for Dusty, no CBAs for Koch either, yeah. which surprised me a little bit. Like not a single CBA is purely a forward. Yeah, um, I think Koch is such a. It seems like such a selfless guy that I I think he would almost say, "Hey, look, I'm going around again, but I'm just going around again because." I love the boys. I want to have another tilt. I expect we'll see him there at some points, but it's it's clearly not going to be at a high. I think there'll be rate. stages, but I don't think it's because he's going to be chucking a nana that he's not in. No, there. no, Do no, you know no, what no, I mean? no, no. So, yeah. It's just like, well, basically, Koch, you're doing nothing up forward. Come in and well, get yourself into the game. You're big really. on Trent Coleman five minutes ago. So. <laughs> well, I love the name. It's a great name, um, but. I mean, look, look. I don't know. We'll sort of see how he goes. But, but it, Taranto it, looked good. In terms of their role, I think it's... And he's uh, really the only relevant Taranto, guy. to me, is very, very close to a lock in my side at the moment. And yep. uh, just shout out to Samson Ryan for kicking two goals. So, uh, yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. I uh, still don't know if were I want him as the goal my square, uh, R3. They were. <laughs> they were they very actually much, were. They were very much from I the goal square. I was taking a piss. Yeah, yeah really. They, were, um, they weren't difficult shots by any stretch. Uh, all right, moving on to the Saints. Um, just a shout out to, uh, I hope, uh, Tom Campbell's... <laughs> wife was okay they she went into labor apparently that afternoon so we didn't see tom campbell in on our screens at all yeah there was a mention of him well and, uh, well orchestrated so, by, by tom but so, congratulations i'm assuming that perhaps his wife has yeah, had, yeah everything had went well kids, but, so um, fingers crossed for, for tom campbell but we 
enjoyed not seeing him there. Yeah, so Marshall was full-time ruck roll, which was good. He looked good, took a few intercept marks. Um, I wonder if, you know, his wife didn't go into labour, if he was going to be in there, Tommy Campbell. Who, but Oh, sorry, I thought Rowan Marshall's wife went no, into no, labour no, no, as well. No, 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 sorry, Tommy, Tommy Campbell's wife. So that's why he apparently <laughs> wasn't at the, at the club, the commentators were saying. But we'll, again, watch that again next week. Um, Hunter Clark, I want to highlight. He got some CBAs, yep. um, which is something that we've always sort of highlighted for him as the potential for him. New coach this year, so potentially that was going to happen. When I was watching him, he looked a little bit off it to my eyes. Um, he kind of is it loping might be the wrong word, but he didn't look like he the, doesn't look really sharp. Does the he? agile, smooth mover that I would expect, sort of like your half backs to kind of, I don't know, get around the field like. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I didn't, he didn't impress me so much that he made me sort of go, okay, CBAs, let's look at getting him in. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to see what like his well. scoring rate was. Uh, in terms of a CBA, CBA sorry, he was 30%, um, which was the same as Gresham and Sinclair, uh, which was also interesting to note. The two big dogs clearly there were Steele and Crouch, and then it was Windhager, Gresham, Clark, Sinclair. Four there, four guys, all between sort of thirty and forty percent CBAs. So I think Sinclair Sinclair's more likely to stay there than Hunter Clark is. Do you think? Yeah, I, that, I can't that see the other be, way around. Actually. That would be the way I'd read it. Is is that way? I think you get more value out Sinclair's, of Sinclair. He's the All Australian halfback. He is, but I think you can get more value if, if there's going to be a guy that spends thirty percent time there. I, in my mind, if I was coaching St Kilda, I'd probably go with Sinclair. You, if he's spending thirty percent time there, then he's you know spending plenty of time at halfback as mm. well. But if you if you look at Hunter Clark and say, well, Hunter Clark can play half back, yep. but from what we've seen, I don't really like it in the midfield. So I just yeah. don't know how, how I, look, the I'm not ruling it out just are. yet, but I, I, I he got the CBAs, but it wasn't enough and it wasn't impressive enough for me to stop what I was doing. Okay, let's let's um let's find a way to get this guy on my team. I'm watching him next week watching and sort of week. see how it yep. feels like. Again, he's had a lot of trouble with injuries, so again, getting used to that role and getting just the you know, the footy experience in that role, um, yeah. I think is something that we, we've got to give him a little bit of a pass for. Um, but yeah, definitely someone that I'll watch next week. Um, but outside of that, oh. Mark Philippoussis. Philippoussis. I think I tuned, yeah, I tuned into this game, or we tuned into this game right at the right time. I think we yeah. tuned in and he might, might have touched it three or four times, took a couple of clunks up yeah, for him and stuff. Yeah, so grabbing out of the air. When, um, when I went back on Twitter, a few people said he maybe started slow in the first half, but um, he definitely showed some things in the little patch mm. that I watched. And I think... It, as a rookie, you don't have to have 25, 30 touches to no. be a guy that they'll keep in the team. I think from a coach's perspective, they will have looked at what he did in that little patch. He looked impressive. He, oh, he's, he's uh, bigger than I thought he was. Yeah, he, he was, hey. He was really uh, strong overhead. There was mm-hmm. a big pack mark in there. And I think even those like little nuggets of gold are enough to keep a guy like that around. And he was already high in, the, in St Kilda's calculation. So I think he has done his chances no harm. Yeah, I think that, again, one of those sort of mid-forwards mid, mid forwards that we can start, I think he's a, a fieldable option for us as well. Yeah. Sydney, here's, uh, here's the guy that we alluded to earlier. We did actually successfully tease this one. Uh, but We did. The Dylan Moore replacement, guys, <laughs> Errol Goulden. Giddy up, let's go. Just um, to give you context here, Mitch has put three exclamation marks <laughs> in brackets after Errol Goulden. So 70% CBAs. Talk, talk that's, to what us, I'm, that's what I'm excited about. Is now, it an anomaly, but... It, uh, I can't. I have to think that seventy percent CBAs is not an anomaly. Even if you don't, 10. even if you don't, like I don't know if we should expect him to be a seventy percent midfielder. But 
For me, if he's a 50% midfielder, yeah. that's that's probably still good enough yeah, for me. You don't, you don't um, accidentally slip into 70% CBAs, No, CBA like there is clearly a role of him, and we know that he was often you know, on that defensive half of the CBA setup, so he was kind of like that sweeper role, yeah. getting a lot of those sort of uh, finding space really, really well. He is a guy that I think that... Whilst we, we've mentioned him a few times, it's always been in the kind of, uh, oh, yeah, but there are other better options. Um, and there was one podcast you did want to mention him, and I had oh, to no, bring yeah, it up. I know, yeah, you had to bring it up. This is so. my hot take. Okay, all right, here you go. <laughs> so you, you're saying I poo-pooed Dylan Moore, and, and you've got the golden one here. I'm now. just jumping on everything, mate. I'm jumping on everything. Nah, keep going. But I, I, I am very interested now in, in, in Errol Gould, and I think we need to seriously watch him. Yeah, um, especially and, if uh, it happens again next week. Like, like the question is, like, do you rather him over... Uh, over a Connor Rosie or a Zach Butters. Like, you can get him for slightly cheaper. Um, look, yeah. if, if, if he's, like, again, and I don't expect this, but, like, if he's a 70% guy and Rosie's a 60% guy, I'd, I'd almost go with a Goulden over a Rosie. Um, like, he, what did he average? 83 last year as a forward with 10% CBAs? Like, yeah. There's a couple of third things. Year. There's a couple of things, too, that make this a little more impressive as well. Is from my understanding, everyone in Sydney's midfield was there. Yeah, I don't, don't think, think there was anyone missing. So I don't think there was anyone missing, and he's played. Uh, seven. Sorry, no, Tom Papley, I think okay. was the guy that we did uh, highlight. So, so I think so. Goulden and Parker both went at about seventy percent. Papley was missing. Uh, if if that was a very intentional move from the Sydney coaching staff that Errol Goulden were pushing him as a big CBA guy, I don't think Papley coming in necessarily hacks those CBAs yeah. from seventy percent back down to ten. So he was and, tied most with Luke Parker. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, so Warner was forty four percent played a fair bit forward. We noticed yeah. um, Rowbottom in there for fifty five percent, Mills in there for thirty three percent. I I want to check how much game time Mills actually played because in the half that we watched, Mills was in there a fair bit. So I'm not yeah. sure if he maybe rested the last quarter or something like that. Um, but then then Matty Roberts with fifteen percent, which I think obviously he's probably not in yeah. their best best twenty two. So. You said so. You said it before. It's it's one data point. So, yeah. but uh, I expect if we see something similar next week, somebody's going to have to ask Horse Longmire about it. Do oh, you know 100%. I mean? if it's in the practice games and he's suddenly gone from ten percent to seventy percent CBA, somebody's going to go, "Hey, what, yeah. what, what about Errol Gould? Yeah, what are we doing here? You know, but he's had like, thirty touches. What's this the go? is this is your classic third year breakout when someone's progressed from the first year to the second year. He's improved his average in a similar type role. So he's gone from pure forward to a, a 10% high half forward kind of a role. Third year, he's going into the midfield. He's not yet 21 years old. He's had high wraps on him. He looks like a gun of a player. Yeah. Like his left foot kick looks Can elite. Kick. Yeah, um, he looks good at finding space. He averaged three and a half tackles last year with just 10% CBA. So you, you see that potential for him being a guy that gets sort of that Good spread of stats between disposals, tackles, and marks. Can kick goals as he well. Had an awesome kick in the first 20 seconds of this game. So he's ticking a lot of boxes here. And though he might not have been someone that was like high on our radar, it was kind of a little bit of an afterthought. I think this data point is significant enough for us to. It, it's At least not. Watch. It's not us pulling someone from out of nowhere is what I want to highlight. It's not. Yeah. It's not a guy that we've just been tricked into, I don't think. I think this is someone that is a genuine option in my eyes. And, and if he backs it up next week with a similar kind of game, he's definitely someone I think we need to consider. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm definitely going to be tuning in to, um, to what Sydney do next week. Yeah. For sure. Um, let's move on to the last team we'll talk about today. Again, uh, apologies for the long podcast, but, well, not really. It's a lot to talk about, and we love talking about this sort of stuff. We but, do love talking. Uh, West Coast, uh, Sheed and Yo got time in the midfield. 
Um, you yeah. were saying that she'd looked really good presenting on those little 45 Yeah, kicks. I thought they looked solid. I think they they looked like the, the Yo and Sheet of old. There was a couple of times there. Maybe she didn't get as much of it as um, you know we might have hoped, but I think watching him run, I think the intention was there. He was looking to present on those little short inside 45 kicks, which is where he typically gets a lot of his plus sixes. And it looked as though, <clears throat> from a West Coast game plan perspective, it looked as though they'd made some tweaks, but they were still happy to possess um, across the half-back line. And then as they transitioned the ball through um, the centre third, that was when they looked to sort of pull the trigger. So I think there's still the opportunity for him to pick up those little inside 45 plus sixes. Um, and then Yo looked solid, I think, uh, in the in the bit that I watched there. He had some strong tackles. Yeah. He was in and under, but then he was also he even getting... Had some, he even had some kick-outs. Um, yeah, he was so. it, getting it on the outside. And they, they seem to both have a pretty solid kind of midfield uh, presence in terms of their CBAs as well. Yeah, the only other player that we I wish we saw in this game as well was uh, Ruben Jinby. Um, I can't remember exactly why he was out. He might have been sick or something like that or a uh, little, little niggle. So hopefully he's there next week as well and he might even get in there for a few CBAs as well. But um, Sheed and Yo, the two highest CBA attendees for the game. So um, that's all positive ticks from my eyes for both of those guys who are pretty value. And I think they're going to be in a lot of size this year um, at rightfully so. Definitely. Chester, well, Chester was another one that impressed. Yes. We should we should mention Chester. Yeah, let's mention. So, so he he yeah. is someone that maybe we thought wasn't going to be there yeah, round he's one, kind but of he's up maybe down, making he? a comeback and might might be a, a late bolter. So we could have you know potentially you know those Darcy Wilmonts, the Campbell Chesses, as a couple of two hundred k defenders yeah. that could be either on our bench or maybe even on the ground if um, you know maybe a Chester is someone that could score well enough to be on the ground. Um, Josh Weddle, Ruben Jinmi, Lockie Cowan. So there's a few of those defender rookies maybe putting their hand up. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed that it continues that way. Um, so again, we'll just have to stay tuned with that and see how he goes. But there was a few flashes, kind of like uh, a Cowan earlier that. Yeah. Looks like he sort of belonged out there, played on a wing, um, yeah. even got a couple of CBAs in there as well, which I don't expect him to get, but the wing halfback role, I think, could be an option for him. Definitely. How good was it to have footy back? Oh, so much to talk about and obviously uh, lots to continue to watch. So uh, let us know what your thoughts are down in the YouTube comment section if you're watching over there. If you haven't already, there are still 60% of you guys listening out there that have not subscribed on YouTube. So if you haven't, please go over and do that. We would really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you for everyone uh, for tuning in over the last few podcasts. We're, we're growing at a nice rate, mate. There's a few more listeners out there there was than there was a few weeks ago. So uh, Yeah, thank yeah. you. We appreciate it, guys. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Give this video a big old thumbs up. And again, we will see you guys next time. Laters. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.